Okay, we've been doing a little series about animals out of the Bible. We've done ants, right? And we uh, did horses. Levi did horses last week. I told him he's got to do horses because I don't do horses. He can do horses. I'm not doing horses. So I'm going to do birds. And if there's anything that I had a lot of experience with, it was birds. Uh, my father was the bird man. Any of you that knew him, he was the bird guy. Nobody knew more than he did about birds. And I've seen him do so many things that I used to just shake my head, he's the bird guy, what do you think? He'd come home from work, hey, I got something. He'd reach in his pocket and pull out an owl. So here, look, wanna look at it? And things like that happened all the time. I'd go down where he lived behind me there, and he's got a hummingbird on his finger. He'd feed him on his finger, you know. So uh, he, he just was all about birds. And, you know, if a bird was flying, it'd be way over there somewhere. And he'd just glance and go, oh, that's whatever. I said, how oh, you can't tell by way over there? He said, I'd tell by the way they fly. <laughs> which was true. He could tell any duck just by the way it flew. And uh, when the birds sang, he knew every song that they sang, and he, and he could identify them just by their sound. And I remember it was a sad day when there was a bird singing and, and when he was quite old. And I said, what bird is that? He goes, I don't hear any birds. He got so he couldn't hear the bird songs. But... Uh, it was incredible, and it's always doing something unusual with a bird. I mean, a, a hawk slammed into his pitcher window, of course, knocked him out. He went and picked it up and carried it around for a couple of days, and, and it finally bit him. <laughs> he said, why are you biting me? <laughs> Not supposed to bite the bird man. So... All sorts of things. We just saw birds, and he knew all about them, so we had a lot of uh, experience. And one of the things that we used to talk about, my grandfather, his father, came from Norway, of course, and there's a place in Norway called Bergstall, and my grandfather was from Bergstall. And so we went to Bergstall, and you start going up this mountain, and then you keep going, and you keep going, and pretty soon there's nothing but mountain. I said, where are you? He said, we didn't get there yet. Keep going. <laughs> and keep going, 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 way up on top of Bergstall. You could see for miles and miles. That's where my grandfather was from, Bergstall. And the thing that was interesting about that, one of the things, lots of things were, but one of the things... Uh, was in Norway, they have a bird called a capercaillie. Now you've seen uh, wild turkeys, right? Most of you now have seen wild turkeys. You know about what size they are. He's just a little smaller than a turkey. Kind of looks like a turkey, but he's a little bit smaller, not much smaller, but a little bit smaller than a turkey, uh, bigger than a chicken. And uh, they live up there, way in the high mountains of Norway. And up on top of Bergstall, there was capercaillies. And they had pictures of them sitting on the roof of their house. 
and so forth when we went there. And they said, well, your grandfather used to catch him. We said, what do you mean, catch him? You mean shoot him? No. He caught him with a snare. And he would set a snare up in the mountaintops. And I don't know exactly how it was. I mean, it's a, some sort of a rope laid and covered. Uh, and it's got a catch on it, a little branch of some kind. And so when the capercaillie steps in the right spot and he knocks that little branch, the, the, the rope trapped on his leg called a snare. And I said, has anybody else ever done that? And he said, no, that was your grandfather. He, he caught capercaillie in a snare, which is, I, I can't imagine it myself. But uh, I guess if you know what you're doing, you can snare a bird. And so as we talk about birds, that's what we're going to talk about, snaring them. I've never done it. You know, I've seen people try, and it never worked. There's always a kid somewhere with a box on a stick and a rope, you know, they're going to get Yeah, okay, good luck with that, you know. And, but my grandfather actually caught capercaillies with a snare trap. Now, we come to Proverbs, we're going to talk about birds, and uh, he's going to talk about the snare that catches the bird. And we're in chapter 1 of Proverbs, uh, verse 17. Chapter 1, verse 17. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. So he says, you want to capture a bird, you want to snare him, and you got a net set up, so it's going to pull up and catch him. He said, if the bird sees you fooling around over there, he's not going to go over there. It's not how you catch him. He knows, he knows better than to go where you've been messing around. And so he uses this idea of catching a bird in a trap, and he's going to advise us about through the book here, three different things, three things that are bad, three bad things. And the first one is here right in chapter one. If you look over <coughs> at verse number uh, uh, 10, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Or if some bad people say, come on. Come with us. And if they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as a grave and whole as those that go down to the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. So there's some bad company. That's the first one. There's bad company. Bad people. He says, don't. Get hooked up with bad people. Verse 14, cast thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk thou not in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in sight of any bird. They lay wait for their own blood and lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. So he said, here's these people, and they're going to cause trouble. 
They're going to make a problem. They're going to try to get rich by stealing what somebody else has. He said, they're going to entice you. Say, come on with us. Come on, we'll make a lot of money. Come on with us. Join in. And we got to do something. He said, the blood that they're laying away for is their own. They're going to suffer from this kind of behavior. So don't get included in it. Realize that what they're doing is a trap for their own self. And so, like the smart bird that sees you set the traps, I'm not going there. You be like the smart bird who knows enough to stay away from the trap. And so, bad company is something he said we need to avoid like the bird in the snare. Stay away. Now, over to chapter 6. The next bad thing we got to stay away from. Chapter 6, verse 5. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, as a bird from the hand of the fowler. A person who traps a bird with a snare is called a fowler. All right? He catches fowl. Birds are called fowl, and and he's called the fowler. And he said, what bird does when that trap snap man he flies and he's gone he don't hang around when that trap snaps he's flying as fast as he can here's something you need to fly away from like a bird does chapter 6 and this is uh, some bad business here and that's the second one is bad business bad business well, at the beginning of chapter 6. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, taken with the words of thy mouth, do this now, my son. Deliver thyself when thou art come to the hand of thy friend. Go humble thyself. Make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thy eyes, nor slumber to thy eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, or a deer runs away from you when you hunt him, or as a bird from the hand of the fowler, he flies away. And what he's saying is that there are some people that you can be included with who are not reliable, who are not good people, and don't do business with them. He says, even if they're a friend or a stranger, it doesn't matter. If they are unreliable, don't do business with them. You'll find yourself caught in a trap. So the thing to do, if you find yourself in a situation where you're tied into somebody who you can't trust, go right to them and say, I was wrong. I don't want to do this. I'm sorry. I've got to fix it. Don't get tied in business-wise with bad business. He says, be like that bird that flies from the trap. Stay away from bad business. That's another good bit of advice. And here's a third one in chapter 7. And he's going to use the idea of a bird again. Chapter 7, verse 23, till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. All right, when that bird gets caught in that snare, he's all done. My grandfather didn't catch him and let him go. 
He'd catch him and ate him. <laughs> right? He's going to snare that bird, and it's the end of him when you get him caught in a snare. And he says here, there's another snare you got to avoid. Don't do it. Chapter 7 and verse 5. They that keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger that flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement and beheld among simple ones. I discerned among the youth a man void of understanding. Passing through the street near her corner, he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, behold, there met him a woman with the tire of a harlot, subtle of heart, and she is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. She's a wanderer. Now she is without, now in the streets, lieth and wait in it. So she caught him and kissed him with an impudent face, said unto him, I have peace offerings with me this day. I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thee. I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, card works, fine linen of Egypt, Perfume my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love. All right. He said, you better know that there's bad women, too. Bad women, he says. And uh, when you go into that trap, and the, the enticement is love. You all say, well, we ain't never going to get hooked up with some bad woman, Eric. Come on. No, but I've seen an awful lot of people fall to the enticement of love. Come on. I'll show you what real love is. Don't, don't do it. He says, remember, it's like a bird caught in a snare. You're dead. You're gone. You are not going to survive this encounter. So in three cases, he uses in, in Proverbs, there's bad company. People are going to do the wrong things. Run like a fly like a bird, get away. Bad business where you get yourself tied up with somebody that's not good and unreliable and bad women who say, come on, I'll show you what love is all about. It's a snare. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure it's in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the warning here is about women. I can't help it. I didn't write that. So. <laughs> but if somebody asked me, I'd advise them. Don't do it. All right, let's go on to the next one. Chapter 26 of Proverbs. Chapter 26 of Proverbs. Verse 2. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. This is a difficult uh, verse to interpret, but it's not that hard. The curse causeless. <clears throat> Somebody curses you. That's uh, nothing new. It happens all the time, right? Somebody's cursing you about something or other. Not a, it's not a foreign feeling, I don't think. Uh, <clears throat> he says, but why did they do it? Well, they didn't have a reason. They're just, they don't like you or they're mad at you. Or are they just going to hold a grudge forever and ever? Or you're, might just because you're a Christian. 
Right? There will be lots of reasons for the curse without a cause. There's no reason to curse somebody, but we're going to do it anyway. And he said, well, what's going to happen to that one? Well, he said, a bird wanders. Now, if any of you have ever hunted out in the woods in the wintertime, you've seen a little bird called a chickadee. Right? They're fun to watch. I love to have chickadees come. Land on your gun sometimes. You're sitting in a tree. And they're all over the place. And here they come. It gets light and here they come. And they're coming down. Come up by you. And they go. There may be eight or ten of them. Sometimes even more. And they're picking at every little branch. in the But they're just going to go. They don't stay anywhere. They just go. They wander. And some birds, is their nature to wander. They just go. And he says, if you, someone curses you without a good reason, what's going to happen to that curse? It's just going to disappear and go away like a bird. Bird wanders through the woods and has no law, and he just goes and he's gone. Don't worry about the person who's saying things about you that aren't nice, who's cursing you, who's saying, that person, I'll never listen to that guy preach again. You know, those things happen, right? What are you going to do about that? Don't worry about it. It'll fly away like a bird. Right? And then he also mentions the swallows. The swallows just go. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but in the beginning of parking lot of church, there were swallows flying over your head all the time. Right? They come, they were hatched down in the boxes down there. Man, they come zooming over. I was watching, you were in the car. <laughs> I was watching, here comes the swallows, zoom, tree swallows over there. They're born every year. And boy, they can really fly. You didn't see one today, did you? No, they're gone. They go. Where do they go? I don't know. They just go. They're not down there anymore. Didn't see one today flipping and flying around. So uh, wherever it is they go, they're gone. And he said, the person who curses you and wishes bad for you, is just don't worry about it. You can't take it seriously. It's like the bird wanders through the woods and chickadee wanders and disappears. Where did the swallows go down in West Jackson? I don't know. They're gone. And so you keep yourself on the right track. You keep yourself. And remember that the curse that comes on you, somebody doesn't like what you've done, as long as you've done the right thing, don't worry about it. It is of no consequence. Don't answer it. Don't stand up and say, I didn't do that. I'm not going to let you say that about me. Let it go. It'll just disappear and go away. You do the right thing, and good character will cause those things to just disappear and be gone, like the bird, right? So there's another use of the way a bird behaves. Okay, let's look at another one, chapter 27. <clears throat> Some more about the bird. Now, I find this one very interesting. Chapter 27, verse 8. As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. All right. Um, some birds kind of have a home uh, outside of my window for quite a few years. Just outside the window 
the robins had a nest. Robins are a lazy bird and they'll come back because they can, it's half built from last year and they'll just add a little to it. I had one place where the robin's nest was that deep. They come every year, put a little mud on it and we keep using the same one and we finally got to be that big. Just layers and layers and layers because they're lazy, robin's lazy. And they just want to build a nest that's half built, they're okay. So <clears throat> he's got a place where he calls home. He said, now if that bird starts wandering away from home, well, then he's not really doing his job. Why is he, why was I watching him on the nest? Because he's taking care of his family. And these little, he'd have four little eggs in there and then little birds would be hatched and I could watch him sitting right in my chair and watch him. And I remember one hot summer day and that robin flew over to the neighbor's pond, got a mouthful of water, flew back and poured it in one of their beaks. There was four of them. They spent hours flying over, get a mouthful of water in the mouth, really not a lot of water, okay? And you'd see them dump it into their, go get another beakful. It was great. He's at home taking care of his family, doing what he's supposed to do. Fun to watch right outside my window. Then the Blue Jays took it over. <laughs> They're a little bossy, so every bird's a little different. They said, we're taking this, and they had a, and I could watch the Blue Jay too. But uh, the bird, he says, sometimes uh, flies away uh, from the nest. He leaves home. And he says, there's a man also that wanders from his place. He's a wanderer. He's always wandering, never staying put. Uh, he said that the bird that wanders from a nest is abandoning what he should take care of. And he said there's people like that. They wander uh, away from home, abandon their families, what they should take care of. And it goes a little further than that, I think. Look, God has assigned to every person a place. God has assigned to every person a place. Ours is East Shelby. People said to me when I started, well, uh, you know, come with us and you can be a pastor anywhere you want in New York State. I said, I'm where I want to be. I want to be in East Shelby. That's where I want to be. That's the place that God has assigned people. And you've come here because he's assigned you to be here too. And somebody said, well, I'm here for the whole world. Good luck with that. You're going to be awful busy. <laughs> no, God assigns to us a place. He gives us a place where we're to, to do our work, to stay like the bird stays in the nest, not to be wanderers. There are people who wander from church to church. They go from church to church. They're church hoppers, we call them. And they'll come for a little while, and they'll go, go somewhere else. And here and there and everywhere, they wander around. They're not doing what God wants. We've got to stay in a place where we need to be, where we have work to do. You know, he says, the man 
who wanders from the place that God has assigned him. He's given him work to do there. Man who wanders, he says, like the bird leaves the nest, he's leaving behind so many good things that he's responsible for because he has a wanderlust. Always remember, God gives you a home, a place where he wants you to be. That's a good verse. All right, let's look at a couple other ones back in the, in the Psalms. A couple other ones, and we'll be done. Uh, Psalm number 11. Psalm number 11. These are the poetry books. And so they work well this way. Psalm number 11, verse 1. In the Lord I put my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to the mountain? <laughs> he said, you got to learn to trust God. Got to learn to trust God. And somebody's always saying, go. Go somewhere where it's safe. Go up on the mountain like a bird flies up on a mountain. Go up on the mountain where it's safe. He says, I'm not going to run up every mountain that comes like a bird. I'm going to stay here because I trust God. I trust God, all right? And if we do that, if we trust God, do the right thing, God will take care of you. you know, I mean, you can't drink poison and say, okay, God, here I'm singing, God will take care of me. You can't do that, right? You can't go play in traffic and say, oh, I'm trusting God. I think you're going to get hit by a car. <laughs> But when you do the right things, things that you know are right, then you've got to turn around and say, okay, God's going to take care of my business. I've always said for all these years, if I take care of God's business, he'll take care of mine. So I do what I should do, he'll take care of my business. Trust him to do that, and that's a good thing. And uh, just over to Psalm 124, right along the same Line, Psalm 124. Verse number 7. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. All right. Tie that with Psalm 11. Where we say, you've got to learn to trust God. All right. And he said, what happened? We got in trouble. We were delivered. Like the bird who got caught in the snare and the rope broke. The bird got away. That's what happens. God can deliver us when we're in trouble as long as we've trusted him. Now I just want to close as I think these are just great. Uh, Matthew 6. Jesus also uses the animals and the birds as part of his message and this has become some of the most famous of verses here, the couple we're going to look at. Uh, Matthew 6, this is a Sermon in the Mount, verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? God feeds the birds. My house is fun to watch. I got walnut trees. My wife hates them. All right, but I like them because birds are everywhere in the water. This time of year, the bluebirds come and they pick at the rotting walnuts. 
because there's bugs inside there. See, that's why their walnuts are rot, because there's a little worm goes in there. And them blue jays know that. And they're all over my driveway picking all the nuts on the ground. And climbing up the tree are the nut hatches. Because they also know there's worm in the rotten black walnut shell. And they're picking, and you see them going up backwards and sideways and picking at the nuts. Because there's bugs little worms in there to make it rot. And one time I was out uh, cutting wood and uh, I heard bang, 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 walnuts fall. And I'm used to that. I got whacked a few times from them. And then all of a sudden they're bang, 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 they're falling all around me. And I look up and there's a whole flock of blackbirds. Whole flock of them. And they're in the walnut trees and they're climbing down the branches, picking at the nuts. And they're knocking them down all over the place. Must have heard 60 or 70 walnuts go bang, 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 just in a few seconds. They can know there's food there. God has provided all different ways to feed the birds. He said, I think you're better off than they are. Can you trust God to take care of you? And then he finishes the one that become famous because of the song, Matthew 10, and verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? Not one of them fall on the ground without your father. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, you are more value than of many sparrows. A sparrow's life is really something you'd have to say of no consequence. Thousands and thousands of sparrows are born all over. West Jackson Corner probably produces 60 or 80 of them every year. You can walk down there any time and there's sparrows all over the place. In every building, in every tree, up under all the eaves, sparrows are everywhere. And who's ever counted them? Not me, I don't care. They're not really of much consequence. And once in a while, I've watched a, a sparrowhawk come fly over West Jackson, seen him take one right out of the air. He's, he found one. All right. But nobody pays any attention to him. They just don't really matter much. And so he says, if God is watching those, there's somebody who knows how many sparrows are born in West Jackson. God does. He keeps track of things that are inconsequential, we think. They're just not all that important. God has kept track of it. And if certainly, he says, if something as valueless, if you will, as a little sparrow is on God's radar and he's actually got a number, he says, if he's also numbered the hairs of your head, I always tell you it's a running tally, all right? He's got to change it regularly when your hair disappears. He's like, oh, we've got to drop that number down. God knows. He knows all about us, certainly. If he pays attention to something as inconsequential as a sparrow, you've got to know he's got you in his view. He's watching you. He's paying a lot of attention to you. And when the, out of that was, came the song, His Eye is on the Sparrow, and I know He watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. And His Eye is on the Sparrow, 
and I know he watches me. So Jesus also used little birds to teach good lessons. So that's a little bit about birds. We'll go on with another one next week. Thank you.